0: Thank you, Bryce. Good morning. I have to rearrange up here for a minute, so bear with me. I'm Tori. I'm the director of family ministries here at Clay Church, and I'm so excited to be with you this morning. Um, As you heard in the scripture that Leanna read, there's a lot to cover. So I hope you are ready to buckle in. We're going to go line by line, word by word. So I hope you had a big breakfast. No, I'm just kidding. (sighs) There was some nervous laughter there. So we're continuing our journey with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, um, and what comes next, and how can we encounter him? So for those of you who don't know me outside of this building, um, I am a huge music person. I went to college for music education. So in addition to vocal and music performance, theater really became a passion of mine. Um, I direct musical mission tour here at Clay, which we're getting ready to audition in April. So yay, we're so excited. Um, And I also direct at Marion High School. So, it's kind of funny that Pastor Brian asked me to speak during a week when it talks about play acting and the world being your stage and good theater. I don't know if he meant to do that, but. So, our passage today, so much is covered, and we could spend a multitude of Sundays taking sections of that, but what we're going to do today is we're going to look at an overarching theme that prayerfully will then lead us into Lent, which begins this week. So would you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you this time. We thank you that we can come together to worship you in spirit and truth. And we gather with those in our community and around the world in claiming that you are the Lord and Savior, worthy of praise, worthy to be followed. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Be with us this morning, we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as someone involved in performance and storytelling, I can tell you that when I direct people, I'm always saying, make your motions bigger, grand gestures so it reaches the audience all the way in the back. Um, when you're singing, use enunciation, use your diction to really get those words out, to engage your audience, to help move the story along, to emphasize something that's happening in the story. Well, God's not that kind of director, is He, based on what we heard this morning? He knows us in our still quiet voices. He knows us in our times alone and in our times of pain. He knows us in our humble service. And he is engaged in the story of our lives as we follow him. And he doesn't desire overacting, attention drawing, lead actor kind of qualities. And for some of us, that may be a relief. So we're told over and over in the scripture passage from today not to perform not to draw attention to ourselves, not to make it a production. I don't know about you, but that is so counter to the culture we live in, isn't it? Where we tell everyone everything, we text them quick, we send them a snap, we post everything on social media, hashtag POV, my view for the evening. So in some of your translations, you might see the word secret, and to not let your left hand know what your right hand was doing. So secret has somewhat negative connotation for some of us. Um, Merriam-Webster defines secret as kept from knowledge or view or kept hidden or unexplained. It comes from the Greek word kryptos, which also means secret or hidden. And we see in our passage today that this type of secret isn't a shameful secret. It isn't something shameful that we do, but it's checking our motives so we see about keeping things secret when we're being good when we're fasting when we're praying when we're serving so when i serve do i do that because of the attention and praise i get or do i do it because god's asked me to when i give do i give out of a place of abundance and trust and faith Or do I do it because I get to have a plaque put on a bench after my family? When I pray, am I worried about the words? Did I do enough these? Did I say enough vows? Did I say just too many times? Or am I doing it as an outpouring of my praise, telling God my needs and my desires, knowing that he hears and that he'll listen even when I don't have words? All of those secrets are done out of honor to God because of his worthiness, because of his faithfulness, because of his blessing. So this morning you just heard the song, Through Heaven's Eyes. And it's my hope that this is how we aim to live our lives as we journey with God and with each other. Not looking for the measure of our own worth from man or institutions, but through heaven's eyes. And I don't know about you, but... Accolades from people or places of employment or institutions, they feel really good, don't they? They feel like you were noticed and you're being recognized. But at what cost did I earn those accolades? Did I sacrifice my family? Did I sacrifice relationships? Did I sacrifice my integrity? And I feel pretty safe that I could say I could receive those worldly accolades and be so far away from God. But if I do those things of service, of prayer, of my vocation with a pure motive, not making it a big production, but doing it out of obedience of what I've been called to, then that lines up a little better with what we heard this morning. So does this mean we shouldn't share what God is doing in our lives? Well, of course not. That is the testimony of the saints that helps bolster our faith and encourage us in our daily walk. I don't know about you, but there's been so many times where someone has shared something with me, which was exactly what I needed to hear right in that moment that just really encouraged me in my faith. So does that mean I shouldn't share, oh, I volunteered over at Firehouse and I made a great connection with a student that was so life-giving. Well, of course not, because maybe that would encourage someone else to step into that place of service, into those winsome relationships. Or should I share, we were really struggling, but I went ahead and wrote the check anyway, and then God did this. Well, no, I don't need to share what I wrote down on the check. I can just share that I gave sacrificially, and God just really returned blessing and faithfulness to me. So to see how God can use anything that we give him with pure motives to further his kingdom and to reach others. So in response to what comes next, I'm a person who likes conversations and questions, so there's going to be a few times coming up here that I'm going to ask you a question, and I would love if you would just respond out loud, all right? So in the calendar, in the liturgy, what comes next? Lent. Excellent. And March. Yes. We're we're a few X's in the calendar away from March. So Lent is the next thing that happens. Starts on Wednesday with Ash Wednesday this week. So I'm going to tell you something embarrassing about myself. Um, I would just ask that you would give me a little grace as I share this. I was not brought up in a church home. Um, My early experiences in church were going to vacation Bible school every summer. So that's what we did. We got shipped off to Vacation Bible School. I can still remember some things, but that was my experience. I remember in elementary school, and then as I got into junior high, friends that would say, oh, it's Lent, and I can't eat meat on Friday. And young Tori had no idea what this had to do with being holy. Can you see what it is? It's a jar full of dryer lint okay? I'm not even joking. This is what I thought. And I didn't understand it. So, hold that. We'll go back to that. So, I just didn't understand. So, because we have people of all ages, of all experiences in this room and with us online, and because I'm a lover of learning, let me make sure that we're all on the same page as we talk about Lent. So, this is a show of hands question. Was Lent mentioned in the Old Testament or the New Testament? If you think Old Testament, raise your hand. I see a couple hands. All right. If you think New Testament, raise your hand. I see some more hands for New. Okay, good. So trick question, Lent is never mentioned in the Bible. Ah, yeah. Never mentioned in the Bible. Um... Lent did not begin in biblical times. According to the Oxford Concise Dictionary of the Christian Church, Lent was mentioned first in AD 325. Lent became a church norm in the fourth century, and the word Lent comes from the Anglo-Saxon word lengthen, which means lengthen, and refers to the lengthening days of spring. Can I get a holler? Ooh, yay, spring is coming, right? (laughs) So Lent is a period of how many days? 40. Excellent. All right, so Lent is a period of 40 days, not counting Sundays, and the 40 days represents the 40 days Jesus spent in the wilderness resisting temptation and preparing for his public ministry. So to go a little further, according to the United Methodist Church, Lent is defined as a time of repentance, fasting, and preparation for the coming of Easter. It is a time of self-examination and reflection. In the early church, Lent began as a period of fasting and preparation for baptism by new converts, and then became a time of penance for all Christians. Today, Christians focus on relationship with God. File that right here and hear it again. We focus on relationship with God, growing as disciples and extending ourselves, often choosing to give up something or to volunteer and give ourselves for others. Goes on to say, Sundays in Lent are not counted in the 40 days because each Sunday represents a mini Easter. This is why you will see the designation Sunday in Lent instead of Sunday of Lent in the naming of these Sundays. And on each Lord's Day in Lent, while Lenten fast continue, the reverent spirit of Lent is tempered with joyful anticipation of the resurrection. So let me ask you this, have you learned something so far this morning? Okay, amen, so let's keep going and learning, but learning what do we do next with all of this information? So we've heard it talked about giving something up, and I would guess a lot of us associate that with Lent. Um, that's what I told you, I and why do you give up this? I didn't understand. So I'm giving up chocolate, I'm giving up caffeine, I'm giving up Netflix, I'm giving up swearing. I can keep going and fill in the blank, all right? Now here's the thing, I'm giving up social media for the next 40 days for Lent, check back with you later. Well, that's not exactly staying in line with what scripture has called us to do, right? Can I tell someone to keep me accountable? Of course, but this is supposed to be between me and God, right? Um, It just doesn't fit in and it misses the mark a little bit with what we heard this morning. So a little more knowledge for you in regard to the Catholic faith. Those 14 years of age or older are to abstain from meat on Ash Wednesday and all the Fridays of Lent. Catholics between the ages of 16 and 59 are also to fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Meat was considered a celebratory food. Since Jesus sacrificed his flesh on Good Friday, we refrain from eating flesh meat in his honor on Fridays. Light bulb, young Tory starting to understand something. So, Dr. Esau McCauley, he's a professor at Wheaton College, he says that the season of Lent is inescapably about repenting. This is good news because Lent assumes we're going to mess up. Let me say that again. It's good news because Lent assumes we're going to mess up. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that is exceptional news because I have a gift for messing up. I mess up by saying they're doing the wrong thing. I mess up by gossiping. I mess up by worrying about how people see me. I mess up by thinking I'm not doing enough with enough at the right time with the right amount. By not looking at my life through heaven's eyes. Dr. McCauley goes on to say that Lent is your opportunity to renew your commitment to Jesus by beginning again to chase it with the enthusiasm you once had. That sounds so much better to me than giving up chocolate to realign myself with that enthusiasm that I chased after God with to chase my commitment to God with enthusiasm. So, what gets in the way of our enthusiasm? I'm gonna drag this over here. While I'm doing that, tell me some things that might get in the way of our enthusiasm. Crickets. Busyness. Busyness, excellent. Bad news, news. good. Fear, Fear. good one. Say it again. Self-doubt, awesome children, time, sin, I mean, we could sit here and list things all day long, right, that get in our way of our enthusiasm. So we're going to go back to my silly jar. All right, so can you all see what it is? There's like hair coming out of it. It's delightful. Okay, so this is lint from the dryer. This lint is L-I-N-T. Lint that we have taught, been talking about is L-E-N-T. Do you understand why young Tori didn't understand? They sound the same, I don't know. Okay, so lint comes from fabric fibers that are broken down from wear and tear, from friction and from heat. And I'm guessing to say we all have lint traps in our dryers at home, right? Okay? it catches the debris with the lint. So I don't know if you can see in here, I have found some really wacky stuff in my lint. Um, I have candy wrappers that get left in pockets. Um, I have found change. I have found uh, disintegrated tissues. I have found receipts that didn't get removed from pockets. Um, there's a soda can, tablet there. I find all kinds of weird stuff in there. Things that have been filtered, filtered out of my laundry. So what can you tell me about lint building up in your dryer? It could cause a fire, it's dangerous, yeah. Um, Now, a little side note and life hack for you. Do any of you camp or do like wood burning stoves or wood fireplaces or fire pits outside? Okay, life hack. Take your lint, shove it in a toilet paper roll, and you have awesome fire starter. Put it in a Ziploc baggie, it's super light, it can be smushed, there you go. Aren't you glad you came to service today? Okay. (laughs) So, back on topic. Lint is highly, highly flammable, all right? Please do not attempt this at home. Yeah, I know. It doesn't take much at all, and up it goes. So, things build up, they're filtered out. If they're not, dangerous, combustible, fire. So what happens in our life when we let things build up? Things like anger, like bitterness, like jealousy, laziness. It becomes dangerous to our lives, and we can become highly flammable. Bursting out at the people we love most, at people we don't even know that don't deserve it, we can withdraw from community or church because of laziness and we've fallen out of a routine or a disagreement. And just like the lint, we catch fire, we feel burned, and even destroyed. Our lives, just like garments, break down. We feel worn and torn. We feel the pressure and the heat from life, from relationships, from work, from illnesses, from finances, from school. That list goes on and on, too. We mess up. And the season of Lent, as well as God, knows that we're going to. But we're invited back time and time again. That's the beauty. We're always invited back. So the goal of Lent is to grow closer to God by choosing to participate in Lent We aren't doing it to be theatrical or for others to notice, but to renew our enthusiasm for that relationship. It's admitting my need for help and submitting that constant need to God. It's allowing him to call me into a place of joyful anticipation of what we celebrate on Easter, Christ's abundant grace and life-saving work on the cross. It's not 40 days of self discipline designed to impress God. It is designed to renew my enthusiasm and dedication to Him and my journey with Him. So, how will you choose to enter the season of Lent? Is there something that takes your time and your focus away from your enthusiasm with God? Are you feeling broken down? like you need your filter cleaned out. And it is my prayer that every time you do the mundane task of laundry and clean out your filter, that you will be reminded to reflect on how your filter is doing. It doesn't just have to be at Lent just all the time. And if you get away with only doing laundry at Lent, God bless you. So I invite you to commit to make room for him. To listen to how he is calling you through time, through service, through prayer, community, volunteer, whatever it is. That's between you and him. And I stand here on his faithfulness. And can assure you that if you commit to renewing your enthusiasm for him over these next 40 days, you will have a story to tell come Easter as he looks at you through heaven's eyes.